Have you ever gone into the forest and sat by a peaceful stream and just took in the, the beauty of a tree in front of you that was planting with blooming flowers and thought, you know, that tree is a great image for what human flourishing looks like. No? <laughs> well, if you haven't done that creative exercise, the biblical authors have. In fact, in Psalm 1, it imagines the abundant life and says that a person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Trees are a big deal in the Bible, and they're actually a unifying theme throughout all the writings in Scripture. So, for example, in the first creation account in Genesis, God creates trees and vegetation and tells them to be fruitful. Then, later he creates humans and tells them also to be fruitful. Trees are all over the place in the Bible. There's trees in the garden, there's trees in the desert, there's trees in high places, trees in low places, and it's easy for us to miss that trees play an active part in the story of Scripture. Not like in some weird Lord of the Rings kind of a way, but they are present. And these authors use them to repeat themes and to, to drive home ideas. So what do I mean by that? Well, the Bible is meditation literature. That's how it was originally used in Jewish culture. And one of the features of that Jewish meditation literature is that biblical, offer, biblical authors riff off of symbols. So they use these images and they're like, oh yeah, so the tree. And then they, they, they do a lesson off of the tree. Uh, they riff off of re repetitive types of character types and, or, or places. All of these things uh, by repeating them and they build upon them in new ways. They're actually communicating important ideas to us. So when, when you come across a, a tree reference in the Bible or, or any kind of image, it's supposed to act like a hyperlink. When you see a tree in the scripture, it's like, oh yeah, and there was a tree before that and a tree before that and a tree before that. And you go all the way back to the beginning and also, so eventually you get to the garden. And there's the, the two, there's a lot of trees in the garden, but there was the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil and then there's the tree of life. And that's such a common theme. Even today, we have choices between us. We could choose life or we could choo choose death. So I'm a big image guy. I'm a big story guy. So before we get deeper into trees as a metaphor, I'm just going to give you some straight facts about trees in the Bible. Apart from God and humans, trees are the most frequently mentioned living thing in the Bible. So just on the amount of occurrences, God appears a thousand times in the Bible. Humans are on every page. And then next come trees. Even before animals, even if you grouped all the animals together, trees are mentioned more times than animal. And there's a lot of animals, donkeys and fish, you know, everything. So just the word tree, and I did a NIV word search. The word tree appears 293 times. The word fruit appears 212 times. The word branch, 107. Uh, the word root, 57. Forest, 51. Vine, 72. Leaf, 19. That's over 800 times. 
And that doesn't include the hundreds of times like specific species of trees are mentioned, like palms, acacia, oak, uh, willow, sycamore. I mean, the list goes on. You could name a bunch more. So if I've lost you, here's what I'm trying to say. The tree image in scripture has a lot to teach us about living the good life as defined by God, the God-given good life. So there's a verse I keep coming back to over and over as a pastor, and a verse that I keep coming back to over and over that helps clarify for me what we're about here at Solid Ground and, and our responsibility to each other. And it's found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. In that verse, Paul is saying he is the one we proclaim, Jesus. We're proclaiming Jesus. We're going after Jesus so that we can be fully mature. And when I, when I see that word, I see like this mighty sequoia tree. It's fully mature. It's strong. It's got roots deep down in nutritious soil. It's able to, to drink in the sunlight. When I say fully mature, I don't just mean some sort of self-help type feel-good language. I don't mean like be fully mature in this individualistic way where, where you're just trying to become uh, more skilled or more well-rounded. And actually, in the original language, that word fully mature has the, the connotation of whole. And it has this idea of becoming like Christ. That's what we're going after. I think it's important to say and, and just come back to that from time to time. So for those of you who've been around a long time, you know where we're going and, and what, what, our, what our journey is. But also, if you're here for the first time, uh, that's what you're invited into, to, to journey together with a bunch of people who are trying to become more like Christ. Or, more accurately said, you're invited into this community of people who are, who are letting Christ change them from the inside out. So God's dream is that we would become like that tree in Psalm 1. Jesus is living water. We're planted by the stream. We're there. We're growing. And God's energy and God's life is flowing through us. And that's what causes us to flourish. So I want to consistently, over and over, I need that, that reminder in, in my life that I need to be close to the source of life. And I need to, like a tree, let my roots grow deep into truth deep into the soil of, of God's story. And I need to live in a forest with lots of other trees. You know, on our journey of becoming more Christ-like, I mean, the, the fancy word for it these days is spiritual formation. A little bit more old school term is sanctification. And it just means the process of becoming like Christ. And it's, it's not super complicated. This general path has been around for thousands of years, and it's not rocket science, but it is just really hard. <laughs> and the way I understand this uh, is, is that it's three general road markers on this path towards becoming fully mature, on this path towards becoming Christ-like. Three, sim three simple but hard steps, and it's be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and then do what Jesus did. 
in, uh, in John chapter 15. Here's more tree language, straight from the mouth of Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That first step is to be with Jesus. That's where the sweet spot is. That's where we never graduate from, learning how to be with Jesus. And it doesn't have to be touchy-feely, this overly spiritual thing. It's, it's incredibly practical, where we turn our attention to Jesus over and over. Maybe even when we're tempted, maybe when we're, we're triggered into anger or triggered into frustration, that can be a reminder for us to say, Jesus, I need you, help. That's, that's the prayer that you know, supersedes all others. Help, just scream it out. Be with Jesus. We never graduate from there. And when we cultivate this life where we're constantly turning our hearts and our minds, because, you know, humans, we have a tendency to wander. Our minds tend to wander off of other things than Jesus. Our desires tend to wander away from things that are other than God's dream for our life. So gently turning our attention and our affections back to Jesus starts this process from the inside out where where Jesus rearranges our priorities, rearranges the things that we want, even rearranges our thoughts to where we start to become more and more like Jesus. And that second step of become like Jesus, it's both active and passive. Um, We can't change ourselves. Jesus said in that verse we just read, apart from me, you can do nothing. Our our role is to actively lay down the things we want, actively make sure that our roots are planted in the soil of Jesus, in what he says about us. That's where we're getting our identity from. And even rooting us in the practical, everyday stuff of life, we can turn that into a prayer. And as we do, we, we start to become like Jesus. We have a choice of what we're going to let shape us. We have a choice, that's where the active part comes in. We have a choice in where our roots are. We, are, we, we can plant our roots in things that are untrue. We can plant our, things, our, our roots in things that are destructive and dysfunctional. Or we can keep coming back to the words of scripture and planting our roots in this story. But it's passive in the way that as Jesus' life flows through us. He's the one that actually does the changing. And I love the image of an apple orchard. There's not a lot of striving in an apple orchard. I love going to an apple orchard in New England, where, near where my wife grew up, and that you pay by the pound. But as you're walking along, you can just pick and try different apples. It's the most amazing thing. But I've never been to an apple orchard where the trees are like, I'm trying to become a tree that bears more fruit. There's, there's no striving, and it, but it does take time. These trees, and, and there's seasons where they're bearing fruit. There's seasons where it's cold and the leaves fall off and the, and the roots go deeper into the soil. And that's a, a picture of what it's like following Jesus, this actively becoming passive. I don't even know if that works out, but saying, I'm gonna keep my roots in Jesus. I'm gonna trust in following Jesus that, that As I do that, Jesus living in me will help me become 
more like Christ or like Colossians says, that, that that will propel me towards the journey of becoming fully mature. And then the third step flows out of these first two, intimately connected. You can't have the last step of doing what Jesus did unless you're cultivating a life where you're being with Jesus. You can't do the things Jesus did unless you, you are becoming like Jesus. And then we do the things that Jesus did. I've been fascinated. I, I heard about this book a couple of months ago on a podcast, and I, I read it, and I made some notes in it. It's called The Secret Life of Trees by Peter Wolben. And I may, if I'm mispronouncing his name, I'm sorry, but this image of, of a forest has captured my attention. And you, th- you think about the canopy of a forest, and you've got all these big trees in a healthy forest, and the older trees are bigger. They can soak up more light. And the younger trees, they, they don't get as much light. They're closer to the forest floor. And what that does is that it focuses these younger trees, it fo- it, the, their biology becomes root-focused and tree-trunk-focused because they, they, they don't have enough light to grow up really fast. And after years and years and years of, of slow, steady growth with really strong roots and a really strong trunk, they can eventually take their place. But let's say a disaster happens or there's a bunch of beetles that, that settle in an older tree or maybe a logger cuts the tree down. Well, when that older tree is, is removed from the forest, these younger trees can grow at an exponential rate. I mean, they just shoot up drastically but they have weak roots and a weak trunk. And it's really easy for a storm to blow them over. They're not as fire resistant if there's a forest fire. And it makes me think about uh, one of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson. He talked about this journey of following Jesus, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. He describes it like a long walk in the same direction. And our culture loves the quick rise to success. We, we love the story of the young hotshot. She, she shoots to the top of the executive ladder or the pastor who's young and has this huge church all of a sudden. But we don't value in, in, our, in just day-to-day culture this process of growing strong roots, growing as, as human beings, growing a thick trunk that can withstand a heavy beating. What if our culture has it all wrong? I had a boss that used to say this all the time. Your talents can propel you to a place that your character cannot sustain you. I don't want that to be my story. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want you to be a statistic. I don't want you to fall for that lie in our culture that says because you've reached a certain age and haven't had accolades that you're somehow a failure or you've reached a certain stage in life yet without um, a certain amount of money in your bank account or financial independence. This life isn't about that. That's, that's the surfacey stuff. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can't do anything. And that's our invitation. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time and you've made a confession, um, but maybe you've wandered off a little bit and, and your heart 
has wandered, or maybe your mind has wandered to other things. And they may not even be sinful things or, or destructive habits. Maybe it's just you got busy and, and you don't feel Jesus. You're, you're not thinking about Jesus. A simple invitation, or maybe, maybe you just stop by here and somehow the YouTube algorithm has brought us together. We all have the same invitation right now. I want to challenge you to surrender your life to Jesus. You, you, you put the roots of your life in the soil of Jesus. Let his life flow through you. And, and like I said, it's not complicated. It's just really hard. I want you to surrender control of your life right now. Even say it out loud. Jesus, I surrender control of my life to you. Surrender the control you think you have of all the outcomes in your life. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender my wants, my desires, my, even my fears. God, I surrender. And third, I just want you to ask Jesus for help. Say, help me with this. Are you carrying a load that's too heavy for you? Are you carrying around all these, these fears or insecurities or anxieties? Jesus can help right now. When you do that, when you, when you say those words, when you mean them in your heart, Jesus is active. It may not work as fast as we want it to, but that's part of the, the process of surrendering control. Don't rush it. Jesus, Jesus wants to tend the orchard. We're the vine. He's the vine and we're the branches. And I want us to take a moment right now just to, to, to be with Jesus. So I want to invite you wherever you are right now. Uh, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. And so unless you're driving, I want to invite you to take a moment and pause and realize that the God who created you, who loves you, is right there with you. So if you've got another tab open on your device, close that down, shut everything out, and I, I want us to pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, please open our eyes to the fact that you're all around us. Dear Heavenly Father, we apologize for all the ways that, that we've let our hearts wander or our, our life's behaviors and, and habits wander away from you. Would you please make yourself real to us right now? Lord Jesus, uh, with this first step, just help us to enjoy your presence. Will you please fill all of us with your spirit afresh and anew again? May we, uh, would you please restore the joy of our salvation to us? And Lord Jesus, we give you permission to rearrange our priorities, rearrange everything as we're with you God, we give you control to search our hearts. Not that you need it, but uh, we want to be a, an active part of this process. We surrender our lives to you right now. In Jesus' mighty and holy name we pray. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer with me and, and you wanted to surrender your life to Jesus, and you did, that is amazing. And I want to know about it. Will you please reach out to us and say, hey, I surrendered my life to Jesus, whether it's the first time or, or you're coming back home. Please either send us a direct message. You can send us an email at sgbic.com or even put it in the comments because uh, you're, you're not meant to be a lone tree. 
You're not, you're not a one tree forest and we want to come alongside of you and, and uh, be along with you on your journey. So, uh, and, and, and as always, you can always reach out to us at sgbic.com and, uh, and we'll get back to you. So until we're together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.